0: But first, we have been talking about sustainability efforts throughout the South Side, but we're here in historic Bronzeville. So let's learn a little bit more about the neighborhood that we're in and the exciting green projects that are happening right here. Billy Davis is general manager of Jitney EV, and he's with us today. Hey, Billy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Also here, Paula Robinson, managing member of Bronzeville Partners and the Innovation Hub, LLC. Hey, Paula. Hi there. Welcome to Bronzeville. Uh So Bronzeville is known as the Black Metropolis, Billy. Tell us about that and and how this neighborhood has served as a a site for innovation for decades.
1: Well, going back decades, back back to the time of the Great Migration, Bronzeville was where black folks settled when they uh, came up from the south. And um, we created a a new age of innovation, sort of by, somewhat by happenstance, but uh, because of racial um, restrictive covenants, real estate covenants in the city of Chicago, um, black folks were uh, restricted in areas that they could live. And one of those areas was was Bronzeville, and it became known as as Black Metropolis. But because uh, because it was um, so self-contained, it became sort of a city within a city and evolved as a, a, an, a, a mecca for black innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we developed manufacturing, we our own financing, uh, banks, insurance companies. Um, it was a, a, a revolution in culture and creativity. So um, we're replicating that era in this new age of innovation um, during Uh, well, this post-COVID era where we are embracing renewable energy and running as fast as we can away from fossil fuel.
0: Right. To that end, Paula, you're making sure that this next wave of innovation here, it incorporates green technology and that you build a green infrastructure here, right?
2: Absolutely. I mean, when we talk about being an innovation district or hub, part of that is knowing that uh, by necessity, Bronzeville is probably Chicago's first innovation district. You know, um, we had to create our own goods, services, uh, just to exist. The resiliency that Bronzeville has is our equity, um, and so the first step was really us recognizing that that equity is something that we have to recognize and see ourselves as co-creators in this new green economy, as owners and producers in uh, things that are really not new to us when we talk about the share economy, and you know we 're obviously talking about jitney and talking about new things like Uber mm-hmm. uh, but Uber is not new. you know Uber is what we call jitney.
0: Um, you know
2: we think that Airbnb is new
0: yeah you know
2: we 've been in the share economy when that was now we understand what the green book was all about. That was Airbnb,
0: yeah,
2: so we have to recognize that we are innovators. We cannot wait for permission to be a part of it.
0: So let's let's explain that and get into some specifics here. One of the initiatives that I'm particularly interested in is this project that you're both involved in from the Innovation Hub. It's called Jitney EV. So, Billy, first of all, for, for people listening who aren't aware, what are Jitneys, and, and what role have they played historically?
1: <laughs> well, <clears throat> here in Chicago, at least, uh, you know, when I was coming up in the 60s, um, you could step out onto South Parkway, which is now King Drive, and um, anywhere between uh, South Loop and uh, 87th Street or 95th Street, uh, you could stick your hand up and catch a Jitney cab that was cruising up and down the boulevard. And for the price of a nickel, you could share a ride with uh, other passengers who were looking for low-cost, accessible transportation. Mm-hmm. So we picked up on that concept.
0: And they came around because white-owned taxi companies were refusing to serve uh, predominantly black communities at the time. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's that's, well, for the same reasons why there was a black metropolis in the first place, because of of racism and discrimination. Uh, It has economic effects in transportation, as well as uh, economic development. So that was an example of that. We're trying to replicate that in a new age.
0: How common are they now, And, and what needs are they filling?
1: Well, uh jitneys do exist outside of Chicago. They're all over the world, in fact. I mean if you go to, you know, the West Indies or you or go down south you can, you know, take a, a bus or um you know, a a, a large a large cab mm-hmm. and uh it's always at a reduced price and it's what common folks Tend to use. Uh, It tends to be sort of a a neighborhood-driven form of um, alternative
0: transportation. I I grew up with that as well. I I grew up in Jamaica, so I grew up taking those buses and didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize back then that this was the cheaper route. But I mean, obviously, as an adult, I was like, "Oh, okay,
2: this is what we were doing." And you didn't know that it was called micromobility. I had no clue. (laughs) And you and you didn't know that I was today years old, Paula. And you didn't. And nobody told you that that level of transportation was also part of. Uh, urban circularity.
0: Oh, so urban circularity. We've been,
2: we've been smart a lot longer than anybody's clued
0: us in on. Right. What's the state of car ownership in Bronzeville, Billy? I,
1: I don't have precise figures right on uh, the, but we do have a robust transportation system for those that, uh, you know, don't own vehicles. Uh, you know, we do have the red line, the green line, we have Metra, and, you know, we're tucked between all of the, uh, all of the uh, main highways. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, let's get into what you're doing because you're trying to make a fleet of electric jitneys. Why?
1: Well, <laughs> because of climate change, primarily, but because of the, ne- the necessity of, of clean, affordable, accessible transportation. You know, Transportation is what moves, it delivers the labor force to places of employment. It delivers customers to places of commerce. We want to do that. We want to take away the burden of, of getting there. At, you know, so that transportation is at a reduced cost, but also that it's accessible. But it has to be green. What we've learned is that you know we have been the um, I hate to you know characterize use the word victim, but we have been victimized over the decades by poor urban planning, by um, finding ourselves living in close proximity to fossil fuel production, to um, to uh, damaging pollutants in our air by virtue of living along industrial corridors, by living close to the, to the interstate highway system. So the fastest way to help ourselves, to clean up the air, to help ourselves uh, physically as well mm-hmm. as economically, is to get away from fossil fuel production and embrace electric vehicle transportation.
0: So how's this going to work? EVs are expensive.
1: Yeah, and we're not just talking about um, private vehicles. We're talking about all forms of transportation and micro-mobility. Eliminating um, eliminating fossil fuel ve- vehicles and ha- embracing micro mobility that includes uh, scooters and uh, other forms of electric transportation and you know on a, on a trying to pull back and look at it from a, a thirty thousand foot level, we look at mobility as a service you know we 're trying to implement systems of of transportation that help drive commerce that help help drive um, uh, the labor deliver the labor force to to the workplace, but at a reduced cost and and at a uh, a, a more um, uh, healthier. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, what stage of the process are you in now?
1: Well, we're we're still in advocacy uh, stage. We're still trying you know, very broadly. Uh, Jitney EV is about um, educating the consumers about the importance. Of um, accelerating the transition away from fossil fuels to electric vehicles, and um, and becoming aware of the opportunities, you know what what's being offered. Yeah. So right now we're in a we're we're in a great place. We're in a window where, <coughs> excuse me, we have the greatest investment in in decades, in our lifetimes, uh, of in, into um, infrastructure, and a lot of that. Uh, funding that investment is going to come to uh, states like Illinois, mm-hmm. and, and and it's it's uh, advocates, advocates and activists like us that make sure that it comes into our community.
0: Collar, you're also um, you're helping to facilitate more public EV charging stations, right?
2: Yeah, I mean we can't allow ourselves to get caught up in this chicken and egg syndrome. Um, we have been very vocal about stopping something that's in its tracks, and that is um, this concept of um, urban charging deserts. Uh, We're not doing urban charging deserts. We've done, Mm. you know, the the grocery deserts, the food deserts. This uh, new green economy is too new for us to start talking about urban charging. So are
0: you facing challenges trying to get them installed?
2: No, we've got to step into this. We have the first public charging station in Bronzeville at 43rd and Calumet. Okay. Uh, It was installed. Uh, Billy proceeded over that with uh, folks from ComEd and IIT. Um, We are the Bronzeville community of the future. We have to step up to what that means, and we have to take leadership on what is possible. So we're in advocacy stage, but we've got another team of civic entrepreneurs that are also pushing that envelope. We have a perfect storm not just with the Biden infrastructure plan, not just with the Illinois Commerce Commission and beneficial electrification, not just with the innovative things we just did with CJA, yeah. where we created something that we're saying, you know, we're going to put people back to work that were uh, incarcerated and make it a part of reentry. I mean, we're, we're developing win-win-wins. The funds are here. It's going to happen. You know, what we're now saying is let's make sure these urban communities are going to be first. We're not the only ones saying it. You know, we have people nationally, um, Evie Noir and uh, Terry Travis. They just had a whole conference, people all across the country, talking about diversity yeah. and electric vehicles. Uh, Chicago has, is in a position to be first in this, and and now we're going to do what? Come late to the party? No, we're, we are setting the stage for the party. Mm-hmm. When Billy and I leave here today, we joined a task force uh, called Community of the Future that we've been working with ComEd and IT and other partners since we received this DOE, Department of Energy, grant. And what we have now is a scope of work to do um, EV rideshare, in our business districts, one of the things that happened through COVID and that Billy was able to demonstrate that the research, Bronzeville is a little different than what we think about with Main Street yeah. USA. Part of the reason that we needed a Jitney is because we have a 43rd Street, a 47th Street, you know, a King Drive, a Cottage Grove. This circularity was also needed just to be able to say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm shopping here and I'm going over here for this. Mm-hmm. And, and that's still true. So when we are picking up people from... You know, McCormick Place, White Sox, uh, university students coming in, circulating, also using this clean transportation. We've got to be able to make sure that we're still keeping all of those uh, commercial corridors vibrant. And so I think that was heard. And so um, we've stepped a little bit out of advocacy to saying, yeah, we're ready to implement and we've got a scope of work to do it.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about sustainability efforts that are going on in Bronzeville with Paula Robinson, who's managing member of Bronzeville Partners, LLC, as well as Billy Davis, general manager of Jitney EV. So, Billy, picking up where where Paula left off there, uh, talk more about how uh, Jitney EV is going to be helping tourists really navigate that area around McCormick Place. Well...
1: We're looking beyond uh, just McCormick Place. Um, we're looking throughout the state. Uh, you know, we work with, we have other uh, transportation and um, uh, community engagement partners. And uh, right now, during this uh, period, where we're really in a rules making process, where um, a lot of the funding that is coming out at the federal level is, is starting to filter down to the state level. And uh, we're trying all of these uh, agencies are trying to uh, government agencies as well as as advocacy groups are trying to figure out how, how best um, to distribute this money and make sure that it is properly spent that we 're not duplicating efforts that you know that we 're reaching our goal of electrifying uh, the state yeah so um, we work with um, you know other um, community engagement type partners to make sure that the benefits some of the resources that are going to um, result from CJA, that they 're spread out for example this um, uh, electric vehicle charging corridor, which is, is going to be initially along the uh, uh, the, the interstates, but eventually will uh, a- after the interstate corridor is, is populated, will spill out into e- e- Justice 40 communities. So we want to make sure that Justice 40 communities like ours, as well as those down in, in uh, East St. Louis and Decatur, that they uh, don't become charging deserts either.
0: Yeah. What's the community reaction been like, Paula, to these efforts Well, you know,
2: it's surprising because um, a lot of times we are at like the the community of the future meetings and uh, we are presenting, you know, like we're presenting EVs and emergency regulation or something today. Is that right, Billy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) And the community is sort of like, okay, we're, we're glad you're on this. Now translate this for me. You know, make this relevant for me. What we have to recognize is they have every right to say that. Because we just went through a period where we as consumers, manufacturers, you know, all of these advocates and lobbyists, we really weren't ready. We actually had urban community uh, consumers saying, you know what, I think I'm going to make my wife, my daughter out of college, next car, a EV. Mm-hmm. In many cases, those products were not there. Those products were not there in terms of even used vehicles the rebates were there, the incentives were there, even the additional, you know, what the state did, all of these things. As I said, we're in a perfect storm. Now we have to be ready. It's just like with an election. You missed it the first time. You're like, okay, let's at least acknowledge, let's stop this where we're saying, you know, are African-Americans and people of color, you know, going to buy them? Do we have EV charging? The manufacturing community is not about to let yeah. The this gas-buying car vehicle consumer yeah. not be a part of where we're going. So, it, you know, the, the market will drive itself yeah. in terms of that. So what we have to do is first recognize that we're committed and that the studies are actually showing that our black and brown communities are more supportive of uh, climate solutions than any other, any other. So... You know, this is what we have to
0: build on. I want you to explain something else. Sustainability <coughs> efforts in Bronzeville, they're not sporadic, right? They're, they're no. just not disjointed. They're much more cohesive than I think a lot of people realize.
2: There isn't anyone that's been on this show today that we're not partnering with. You know, our standing partners are IT, blacks and green. You know, the things that we are doing with university partners ranges, I don't know that there's a university that we're not working with. What has happened that's new now is that we're not only working with the Department of Energy, but we're recognizing that we better start talking to these manufacturers. And that we need to let them know that some of the things that you've been doing to target the Tesla customer is not the same thing that is appropriate for our market. And so, you know, our market buys cars for a lot of reasons. My car is my office, it's status, it's all of this. You know, I don't know young men who are getting ready to buy cars and getting ready to take a girlfriend out saying, I'll pick you up in my leaf. That's not, that's just not that market. <laughs> and so, you know, there are some manufacturers that are getting this. The Bronzeville yeah. uh, partner's role is to help business do business with Bronzeville, yeah, and you know, and a lot of times Bronzeville, black, urban, it's almost like code word. Yes, do business with us, um, yeah. and you know, I'm a longtime marketer. I know that this is right here. It's uh, it, it, and the funds are here. Uh, we have the opportunity to do something with a utility company. Their biggest worry is when all this happens. You know, is the grid and the load and everything going to be ready? Right. I mean, right. truth. And and some of this is like you know uh, Blacks and Green was saying earlier. What are we worrying about? Who's going to pay for it? You are consumer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what do you think? All these rate hikes and everything are happening for the for yeah. the grid modification. So uh, you know we 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 just have got to start putting things in order, and it really has to be. Begin with us understanding that we are not just the you know the consumer, the client, yeah. we're the innovator and all of it, so
0: to that end, Billy, what are some ways people can support these efforts like what resources do you feel that you need most right now to accomplish your sustainability goals for this community? Yeah
1: well, we do need funding, and uh, we, we we are reaching out to um, to the philith- phil phil Philanthropic <laughs> community, yeah. um, we we chase grants. I mean, we we spend a lot of our uh, a lot of hours per week chase, chasing grants at this date. Yeah, how do you want to see level? city
0: and state officials supporting this alignment? Alignment of
2: funding. It's yeah. here. We people. We just attended something with Argonne National Lab. Uh, it was just a sharing session. And we were talking all of this. And they said, "Well, are, are you following Nevi?" I was like, yeah, "Is name? it?" I'm like, <laughs> what, "Are we following Nevi Bill?" Course, yeah. I mean, these are things where it's just that level of sharing. Yeah. The other thing that we have is that our we're very lucky. Our state senator Dick Durbin, yeah, he gets EV. He has a whole team of people that we just got introduced to, and what he's saying is, if the governor is saying. That Illinois is going to be the EV capital because we're in the state of manufacturing the trucks, the buses, the whole thing. Yeah. Why shouldn't we be talking about
1: a fleet? We're manufacturing yeah. them. Well, we Last need, word to you, Billy. Yeah. Well, we also need support legislatively. You know, you can't just um, you can't just uh, give lip service to it. A, a, a commitment to climate change has to be wholehearted. That means changing our building codes so that we have a, a legitimate decarbon future. So, so when, when new developments come online, for example, you, it's not sufficient to say, okay, well, we'll set aside uh, five parking spaces for e- EV charging. Why not 100%? Because 100% of the cars are going to be electric in 10 years. Hmm. So it yeah. needs, it, we need a commitment to decarbonization and a, cre- a clean energy future.
0: We'll leave it there. Billy Davis is general manager of Jitney EV and Paula Robinson is managing member of Bronzeville Partners LLC. Thank you both. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We have talked about community microgrids, an electric rideshare program, and building a charging infrastructure. But How do you make sure that residents who live in communities that are harmed by pollution are involved in rapidly growing green industries instead of being left behind? Well, intentional training and workforce development is key. Paula Robinson is still with us, managing member of Bronzeville Partners, LLC. Welcome back, Paula. Thank you. And Karen Weigert, Reset Sustainability Contributor, is here as well. Uh, so, Paula, how are you thinking about workforce development in the community sustainability projects that you've worked in? Well,
2: when we talk about this as a green economy, share economy, um, these are new industries. You know, um, my co-founder with the uh, Bro- the Urban Innovation Center says to me that uh, we have jobs coming that don't even have names yet. Uh, and that really intrigues me. Um, and that's Bruce Montgomery. A lot of people know Bruce. Yeah. Uh, he's been an evangelist for not only tech, but also entrepreneurship. And so the, the Urban Innovation Center is a group of civic entrepreneurs who basically have committed to this concept of us being co-producers and co-innovators. And so when we met, for example, with uh, Senator Durbin's team on electric vehicles, um, we talked about the state being this EV capital, and so we said, "Well, we want to be involved in the industry, and so we believe that there's an opportunity for us with the actual EV um, you know charging systems yeah um, and so we have a lot of these companies in Chicago that uh, are connected with World business Chicago uh, we have been working closely with them and their business um, Attraction and development program, and what we're doing is we're layering ideas. The city got funds for uh, the shy Recovery Program, and they challenged us. You know, do you have something that's really innovative that would create jobs? So and we, you said yes, and we said yes. This, the the city challenged us earlier in the year and said, um, we've got some real estate. Is there something you would do if we if we gave you some real estate that would help you with this? And we said yes. And so, what's important is that we actually have a team of people who respond to these things at the DOE level, mm-hmm. the city-state level. So, for the city, we came back with a concept called Jolt. We said, you know what? We're going to start building that community. It's still, you know, as Blacks and Green talked about the coffee house model. You know, we're going to create the coffee house. it's come get a jolt of coffee while you get a jolt of charge, mm-hmm. and. City, we want to have your leftover real estate. You have it with streets and sanitation, police stations, fire stations. Every ward got something new. We're going to repurpose those. We're going to put Jolt Cafe in there. Um, We have... Connected with some of the folks that you know, like Tech Rise, they called and said, "Do you want to present this as a woman in tech?" I've said, "Am I a woman in tech?" Okay, yes. Um, <laughs> so you know, uh, wonderful opportunity in terms of the pitch contest. We didn't win it, but you're not one and done with Tech Rise. Right. They called a few weeks ago and said, "Hey, we're, we've got something going on with World Business Chicago that's logistics and transportation and VCs." Do you want to come and present? I said, no, we're not that far along. You know, we, we don't, we, I can't tell a VC how he's going to invest in Jolt and do whatever. They said, say yes. Yeah. I said, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, as soon and as VC, I stepped. VC venture capital. Yes. And so with the venture capitalists were basically saying, okay, let me tell you what you've got here. Listen to us. And so this is what I'm saying. We, we have to translate this for ourselves. They said, you got three different things here. you got a real estate business and cafe. Get these folks that are going to operate there. We don't want you focusing on that. You've got a lot of people doing a coffee and cafe. Yeah. You know, you've, you've got this other thing where you're doing these charging stations. You've got people who are ready to put your jolt chargers in all these developments that are going on with Invest Southwest. We have a Bronzeville Invest Southwest project. Yeah. They said, but what you talked about that we really, really like and we want you to focus on more is you created this job. Jolt app. And this app is like a fintech app. You know, you're basically seeing this circularity of, hey, I got to charge my car and I can tell you where to go, but I can also push information out to you and all these things that we've tried to do Mm -hmm. with this sort of hyper local. But they're saying, but Bronzeville already is that hyper local neighborhood. That's what we want you to concentrate on. So let us, let us help you with next thing we know, you know, it's, it's a whole nother thing where folks have said, we got to rewrite this, we got to do, you know, and so those are the things. So that's just one example with Jolt. But there, you know what, what Billy uh, Davis was saying uh, before about Jitney, mm-hmm. you know, when, when these, these opportunities are here uh, with like the shy recovery, what would you do? We're saying, well, we want to build this, this whole business of uh, working with these companies that we met during the Bronzeville microgrid. You know, we met everybody, Siemens and you know all, all these companies that are here who, who want to do more and are saying with the, with the state. Yeah, let's become the EV capital. And so they said, "What is it that you think you can do?" We said, "We want to uh, manufacture, package these charging stations." So we found a location. We've asked the city, "Hey, we've got a great idea, and they like it." You know, we found a spot that's a, that's a part of our wheelhouse in a historic district in Motor Row. They're like, "Okay, so we got an opportunity to make this change with." Uh, the motor road district and electric vehicles, and you're going to do what? And, you know, yeah. tell us more. But now somebody still has to go and write and develop and put that together and have a business plan. You know, so we have some things that range from s- as small as jolt mm-hmm. to something that supports our overall campaign community-wise, which yeah. I'm sorry, I know that's your question, how we engage in the community. It's through our Bronzeville yeah, Smart yeah. campaign. No, and the so, the you know, the Bronzeville Smart campaign, the last... 12 years we've had a international summit. Uh, we started focusing that summit now uh, with smart cities so that we're actually bringing in guests at a whole nother level you know, there's always the newsletter, the meetup. And so when the city recently said, hey, we're rewriting our whole action plan for the city. Mm-hmm. And we've got these different pillars. And you know, with our partners, we all took different things. Blacks and green focused on environment. We said, you know what? We're gonna focus on transportation right. and infrastructure. It's all connected. It's all economic development. So let
0: me bring Karen in here because we've talked a lot about sustainability efforts that are going on, on on Chicago's South Side. I mean, we're learning today that there are a lot of things in the works. I'm so glad that we're able to bring them to the forefront now, but what themes are you seeing emerging?
3: So you're absolutely right. We could have had a four-hour show. Uh, Seriously. Not that anyone uh, can prep a four-hour show, Uh, but the key thing that I'm seeing is that sustainability is actually a part of the way many neighborhoods are describing their own futures, and so it is not just that we've got a global meeting in COP talking about the planet and every country. It's that Neighborhoods throughout Chicago are seizing the future they want and defining the future they want and elements of sustainability are coming through it. From you know, local micro mobility and transportation that is electric to a sustainable square mile where you can meet all of your needs and meet and know your neighbors. Yeah, um, To understanding the challenges and the legacies that exist around pollution and recognizing also that there are new industries being created and there are jobs to be had. So it's incredible to hear multiple stories where sustainability is a part of a self-defined future that recognizes the past um, but is going to build something that is needed.
0: We'll leave it there for now. Paula Robinson, managing member of Bronzeville Partners, LLC, and Karen Weigert, director of Loyola University Chicago's Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. Thank you so much.